If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. This is another of our popular Listener's Choice interviews, which we're playing over the weekend. We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Today's guest is Adam Rees. Adam's a dressage specialist, he's a trainer, coach, and an A level judge. Adam's also a German bereiter and a qualified young horse judge. How are you today, Adam? Thanks, Glennis. How are you? Well, thank you. Um, Adam, we normally start off with a favourite quote or something that you would use in a lesson. Have you got something for us today? Yeah, look, what I always learned in the beginning when I was a bit younger was a little bit that, you know, especially with the horses, to always ride them a bit with discipline and train them and try to improve the paces and not always the movement because the movement is an end result of good training and exercise. I think that was always was a little bit, when it was said, it sticked a little bit with time even now. and. I think exercises are really important instead just always moving and the understanding of loosening the horse. Okay. Yeah, so you're really working on improving the pace rather than yeah. just the tricks because, you know, you're talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. No, that's good. That's good. And I think certainly a lesson for people to listen to and to think about. Adam, when you first started with horses, have you got some memories of when you first started? Oh, yes. Actually, I started with vaulting. Okay. Yeah, vaulting. Yeah, that is a bit, I don't know, it's not so big here, I think, in Australia. I started it, I think it helps you. I did a little bit competing, not big, of vaulting, but I think what it makes you really balanced and independent because you don't, you know, use reins, you do a bit gymnastic exercises on the horse's back. And I think that was the first introduction for me with horses. Okay. And how old were you when you first started vaulting? I was, I think, 10 years old. Okay. And was it done through the school or how did you actually start? It was a riding school. I came Mm. into it because a school friend had a pony there, just as the parents had. And I started there in a riding school. And it was a bit like a riding school. I can remember the the instructor, the you know, we say in German, Reitlehrer, he was really old school, mm-hmm. like a military person and really strict. And uh, sometimes it's a good thing. And of course, there were still, you know, all kids in the same age. It doesn't matter if it was boy or girls. And it was fun. Good. Yeah, it was fun. Good. Good introduction. And then what about dressage? Yeah. You know, what made you so keen and so good, but, you know, so focused on dressage? When I really look back, I started actually a bit when I was younger 
I was a bit more jumping, actually. Mm-hmm. I jumped a little bit more before I did the stage, but when I competed off a little bit like in Germany, like it was the L class, it was probably like to one meter 20. And then I was a little bit, when it got higher, so a little bit more, I think as a jumping rider, you need a bit of good eye for the distance and I was not so good. And then um, one experience like that, a friend of mine, she had a, a more trained horse and I had a sit on it. And I think how it is many times that you learn a bit, you know, some tricks or some movement where you get a bit into it and you stay with it. Yes, yes. Do you think it was the trained dressage horse that you rode that inspired you a bit? Yeah, yeah. Mm. More of, I think she was really a uh, higher level riding and a little bit how even when I was jumping, jumped horses, I was not really as much suppling the horses how supple this horse was. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was really surprised, but in a good way, how kind of soft it was or how much it moved through the body, even it was an older horse. And so a little bit that was also like inspiring. Then later when I did only the size, that was a little bit was always, you know, you wanted to achieve. And even then, I think where I was in starting more to do the size, you know, later did the apprenticeship. It was a little bit from the beginning, like the basics, such when you start with young horses was in a way simple, but it was very specific and disciplined. Okay, yep. And that, in a way, it was hard, but on the other hand, it was rewarding every day or after a certain while that you saw the difference or you made a difference in the training. And of course, with months or years go by, you can train the horse and see the result when you compete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you start your apprenticeship straight from school or did you do something else first? I did actually something else. I was out of school and did actually a little bit. My parents are like, we were not a riding family or with horses. Mm-hmm. And they didn't see it as a job, kind yep. of. Yeah. And I did a bit actually, um, um, how can you say, in, so like with books to print books a little bit. Okay. I did the apprenticeship for there, yes. but I was never really interested after that. And I always said then after that, when I was then not living at home anymore, a little bit um, did it a bit by myself, rode for other people's horse, competed them, trained them. And then after a certain while, then I did the apprenticeship in a dressage stable. And my boss was a Grand Prix rider. And even before I started there, I rode a bit S classes. That means a bit FEI classes. And when I did the apprenticeship and was finished, I had then a bit experience or a bit success, mm-hmm. like in national level in Grand Prix. And that was a really big thing. Yeah. 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 But I think, I don't know how it is here in Australia, but many times like in Germany, it was in the beginning good. Now it's a bit not as bad, but especially certain years ago, 30, whatever, 35 years ago, it was considered not a really job. Yeah. Yes. Not a horse industry. industry, I I certainly think it's changing. You know, each. It is changing. Yeah. But, you know, you look back far enough and certainly it wasn't considered a job. I talked to a lot of the no. older, more experienced instructors and, no, it wasn't. It's only being considered a job, you know. No, it was, a, it was, it was a hard bit. When you do it, it's really hard job. It's not like you work from 8 to 5 or 9 to 5. It's mm. really, you know, 12 hours, 13 <laughs> hours, weekends. 
Yeah, yeah. So nothing really. But I think you have to be a little bit addicted or to be really horse mad uh, For sure. to do that. Well, what do you think? You know, being addicted, being horse mad, what else do you think needs to happen to be have a career? You know, character traits or core skills there. Yeah, look, I can only say, I think I mentioned it a little bit. When I came here 20 years ago in 97, what I missed a little bit or my saying was always when I started a bit teaching here, I said, oh, here are the people that don't have any discipline. Mm-hmm. I don't know you know what I'm saying. A little bit like there was never really that you, you know, when I uh, started to do things that was a little bit like expected that you worked on it when you are at home and you see, you know, the next day or the follow week, mm. somebody for lesson that there has to be a change. And here's a bit sometimes, um, yeah, I call it there was not always the discipline to work on things. Rather, you know, like you said it too, but like show me tricks. I, I remember yep. when I yep. started the first time lesson, yeah, you, somebody said, oh, you're from Germany, show me some tricks mm. that I heard a few times. And I thought to myself, yeah, no tricks you can really do. You know, tricks are tricks, but you can still do the higher movements. It doesn't have to be, you know, you have to don't take a shortcut and and make it a bit uncomfortable for the horse. And I think in the long run, it will always bite you in the butt. Yeah, 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 for sure. Good. You have a big result, but it will, I don't know, it doesn't last for long. No. No. And I try always just a little bit to say you can, you know, get it a quick to teach some tricks, but I'm not sure always, always, is it last long? Yes, yes. You talked before about improving the pace and not always the movement. So I think you're sort of going back to the quote that you'd said earlier. Yeah. Yes, and I think when the horse is supple and soft and gymnastic through the body, the movements are very easy especially if the rider has an idea what shoulder in is or what, what travel is, half pass is very easy because the horse is already supple, whatever you want to do. And even you, sometimes people, you go for lessons and somebody says to you, can we do the thing with the quarter in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how, what, you know, what is it? What does, and they said, do you mean leculin? Do you mean travel? Oh, yeah, yeah, the thing with the travel. It's a bit like you have the feeling no, there's no really understanding. And I say then to them, look, so long you don't even know what it is, then you should not even consider to ask the horse if you don't even know what it is. Yep, yep. That is a little bit, I think there has to be a little bit understanding what the movement is all about. Of course, there's a reason I said to you, sometimes on a schoolmaster or an older horse, you can learn the movement and I think it's a good thing, but don't consider always everything as a trick. mm Mm. If you really learn in your head what it is of movements, then I think you can really be later a good trainer to train the horse as only sitting on the horse and expect that the horse is doing it, but the horse has to work with you, not always that you work and the horse is actually getting a a bit more against you or not with you all the time. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that is so bit I think I think that is many times you hear it the same. I think we have to work and make the horses better, but it doesn't always mean we have to be rough and tough on them, but we have to be of a little bit more consistent and the understanding of mm-hmm. what we are doing, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. 
Adam, you talked about, you know, your apprenticeship earlier on. Who has been influential to you, you know, with your horse career, with your knowledge, you know, just someone that you can think of and say, well, you wouldn't be where you are today if it hadn't been for them? Yeah, look, then I have to say, because of course, it's not a really a person maybe here in Australia is very well known, like not a bigger name, but my boss was Thomas Schmitz and he was a Grand Prix rider and he was even, I think, I can't remember now the year, but perhaps it was the end of the 80s or 1990, the German professional champion. And I think that was a bit the influence really where I understood the real, almost like philosophy of suppling the horse and achieving the looseness or the suppleness, elasticity, what we always now see, especially now the breeding is better you know, in the Young World Young Horse Championships or Bundeschampionat, how they move. And But even then, the horses, that was always his um, philosophy to give us. And I think that was a bit the main reason I wanted to do that, yes. Mm-hmm. 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 And you said about the horse, you know, the the schoolmaster, the first one that you, you sat on as a jumping yeah. horse. Are there any other horses that have influenced you, that have really been standouts that have influenced your career? I'm sure you've ridden many, many horses. Yeah, yeah, good. And of course, when you do the apprenticeship, then you had a possibility to sit on a Grand Prix horse. The horse, what I mentioned before, that was a higher level, but I think it was not quite Grand Prix, but to like for changes. But to sit on a Grand Prix is really the feeling what a truly passage of PF means. What you hear sometimes, I don't know, you know it probably too, Glennis, but sometimes we can see sometimes horses that do kind of a passage, but it's really more slower trot yes. instead of, yes. you know, it's kind of a little bit airtime, but it's not a really passage. And when I was not sitting there on my boss's computer, that was almost so far off the ground. Instead of passage to be developed almost like the same impulse as extended trot, mm-hmm. just extension and elevation, but it has to be have the same impulsion. And it was always sticking with me, even you know, and I teach of people in a higher level, but if they just do like a slower trot and they don't you know only use their hands to slow the horse down but then the back doesn't work and then you don't get the spring of the hind legs Mm -hmm. but again that was a little bit really the biggest like the really the biggest difference that i never thought the passage has so much elevation suspension or bounds through the body and Mm -hmm. i think that is we have to aim for and i think so many especially now these days you have imported us, and I think there's much better understanding now. Okay, okay. And do you think uh, the, and the quality of the horses makes it easier then for the riders to get passage? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yes, especially the last, you know, um, came in 97, and even last 20 years, but I think the horse is better, the breeding is better, the riders are better, everything is better. Mm-hmm. And I think we have still to always remember we have to work always on the basics and to gymnastic though. But I think, yes, you're right. It's so much better now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. If I remember 20 years ago when I started competing, I started in Queensland and I was shocked that I have to compete on grass. <laughs> yes. I was really shocked. In Germany, it would have never happened that yeah. you compete 
FEI or medium or whatever advanced on grass. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was a bit, yeah, it was a bit of shock, but you get used to it. And um, yes, it's a bit different. I think it's a bit different in Europe. You can't always do it because the, the grounds are not always as, as good. And the horses maybe are not as, as tough as here, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. perhaps. No? Okay. It's really, yeah. but that was a little bit uh, eye-opener, yes. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now, and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and click on the 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Adam, what do you think has been your proudest moment? The proudest one, I think, when I rode the first time Grand Prix, I think. Okay. okay. That was for me the biggest, biggest thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I would say, yeah. Yeah. Or even the biggest Grand Prix or even FEI and have, you know, I really um, had trained a horse to FEI. I did it out here in Australia, but I think, of course, the proudest one, I think, is always when you do it the first time. And that was the first time in Germany. And, FEI and then off to Grand Prix and I think that is where you can be really proud of yourself and even uh, what you did and even of the horse and all people involved in it, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, now thinking about, you know, your career, your career as a coach, as a judge, you know, working with horses, what do you think has been your biggest challenge? When I look really back, the challenge was when I came here off to Australia and for me it was a bit of a challenge, maybe not like as a, a really um, to, if I started teaching it, I thought it was a challenge. But I think when people really want to learn in the correct way to learn, then it will always, yeah, will be okay in a way. But I thought it was in the beginning a challenge, but I think now it's much more, it's more clarity in all the training better as in the beginning was. It just was a challenge. Maybe that was a challenge, but maybe for me. Yeah, sometimes challenges can turn into good fortune, I think. You know, sometimes it, it would have to be a challenge to go to a different country. How much English did you speak when you were in Germany? Yeah, look, I would say just a normal school or, you know, a little bit, not as much. And that was probably also a challenge too, and the teaching in English and and I still, I think sometimes there are different words, still German words, mm. but there's no really translation to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, there is no really English words. There's some words, but it doesn't say the same thing about it. But yeah, that that challenge. But I think the teaching in general was a bit the challenge to bring it over how I see it or how I learned it and the training scale, what we do within Germany and that now is much more followed us many years 
before, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, thinking about the writers that you teach, what do you think is a common fault, a, a skill that could be improved, and then how would the writers go about improving it? Yeah, many times, if I really do people, especially for many years, then of course, especially in the beginning, but I see a bit now, many people have young horses, and they're quite good young horses. But when you then ask them sometimes what I want to know, do you know the training scale? When they say, oh yeah, something with suppleness, something with paces, something with this. And, and I'm then really shocked that they don't even know the training scale. And that is a little bit what I hear, heard a few times, like know that they don't know rhythm, suppleness, contact, impulsion, straightness, straightness and collection. But um, that is a little bit, I think everybody has to know because now so many good horses and especially young horses, you have to work on the basics and that you know the rhythm is always priority. Mm, mm. And the other thing is too that learning the training scale, learning the words is different to learning actually what it means. Yeah, look, I think it's fine if people would say, look, I know the training word, but sometimes not the meaning, then you can really work on it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have the feeling that there's no really um, understanding, but of not really willingness, because they're thinking that it's a bit um, not important. Mm-hmm. And when you say it's important and you should know it, and sometimes really so sad it is you, that's the last time you hear from the people, because they're thinking, you know, you criticize them instead of mm-hmm. want to help them. Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks. What about with young horses? Because you judge young horses. What do you think people could learn by improving how to present their young horses? Yeah, I think, look, what we said it there before, and I think the riding and of the young horses are better. And are not everybody doesn't want to, because if they teach a little bit of a bit young horses, and some people, they really have open ears, and they really have a little bit of understanding, and they're, they're representing is really much the right word to say not just how good they're plaited and how pretty the horses look and the rider look, it's really how you present the horse for the test. And mm-hmm. I think I have really few people, what I know, they're really, they have a bit more understanding how to ride and show the quality of the young horses, what is in you really big. You have really young horse riders, they ride Bundeschampion, young horse championships. And um, here, it's a little bit, um, it's getting better and better. And I think it's just to ride them looser over the back and really in, up into the bridle, into the contact, and really that they stay in front of your leg. And it's kind of, there's always the willingness to go, not that you have to kick them around. I think then you can really show them off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. okay. So working really on the quality. Do you see people who may have a better quality horse, someone does well with not as good a quality horse because they're riding it better? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look, I, let you, I think it's probably, you know, it's like sometimes you, 
you know, you ride a horse and it is not good quality. But sometimes you have a horse maybe they have not like this flashiness about it, but they're really willing to work and they're good to train. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you have horses they're really flashy, powerful and loose, but they have a little bit of attitude, a bit temperament and perhaps not the willingness to work. And I think then it's very much then you have to be a bit sensitive about it, how you start to work with more difficult horse, but even perhaps more talent or quality, but not really the willingness all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, and sometimes I had a few horses, they're really kind of average basic, but very willing and very trainable. Then I think you can make them better and better because of good training, good exercises, and the bigger, the more natural elastic horses, but not really willing to stay with you all the time. You have to have a bit more experience and a bit more, again, discipline not to overdo things that it comes into a, a fighting the horse instead to work out what you have to do to keep it on your side. Yep, yep. Yeah. All right. Now, what are you looking forward to in the future, Adam? What if you've got young horses, come, or, you know, riders coming on, you're looking forward to doing more clinics, more judging. What are you looking forward to? Yeah, yeah look, I did this last year, a lot of clinics interstate and in Queensland, and in Perth, in Canberra, and and there were always the nice young horses, good riders and good understanding. And, of course, I did a lot of judging the Nationals now for three or four years in a row. And I love it too. And at the moment, I'm not riding at the moment since I had the, in 2015 the heart attack. And uh, But I really always look forward now for teaching and judging and try always to help people as good as I can and give things what I learned to the people they want to learn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's good. And I think People do tend to do that. You know, they ride, they compete, but then they go on and give back to the sport by judging and coaching and things like that. Yeah. Adam, can yeah. can you um, sum up your philosophy into a lesson today for our listeners? Yeah, I think whoever has horses and tries either to ride the young horses, it's really like for me it would be the philosophy really to work and always be working with the horse. Try not, Of course, when I was a bit younger, probably a bit eager and competitive and perhaps you were not always you know you could be always a bit more sensitive about it but i always think now just work on the quality and don't try to do quick things even the horse offers things that you are overdoing it and you make it then in the long run only worse i think mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think when we were younger you know, we have sometimes you know the the competitive and the horse especially some young horses, they really offer things and we try to do more and more instead of just keep it a bit better controlled and more age-appropriate, I think. Yeah, yep. okay. I think that's the right word, more age-appropriate and just the philosophy to work on the training scale and really the quality and the, what you want to achieve really later mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with a horse. No, but it doesn't always work just you give the horse kind of sugar, you have to be disciplined and a bit more concentrated, what is really important, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, Adam, how can people contact you? 
Ja gut, I'm um, on the judges list, I'm on the internet and the website, booking for lessons or clinics and yeah. Okay, and your details will be on our page as well, which will be horsechats.com slash Adam Reese. Thank you. <laughs> Adam, it's been wonderful talking to you today, talking about just coming to Australia, bringing in your all of your knowledge and teaching the riders and, you know, just your philosophy as well on teaching and training. It's been very good. And I'd like to catch up with you again sometime. That would be good. And thanks very much for talking to us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.